Welcome to the RE and Friends Podcast, a Red Max Events audio experience. Hosted by Brandon Havrilla, owner of Red Max Events. Thank you for checking out our podcast where we bring in event industry professionals to discuss current events, share their knowledge, and explore ideas. Follow Brandon Havrilla on his entrepreneurial journey on Instagram at Brandon Havrilla and see what Red Max Events is up to by following at Red Max underscore events. And now, it's the episode you've all been waiting for. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Havrilla, and I've got a very special guest here today, Mike Petritus from Elix Marketing. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? <clears throat> oh, I'm God, good. sounds like I just had a corona in my throat. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of corona, I wanted to take a few minutes to speak about um, current events and coronavirus, I guess, is the biggest current event that's that would be a topic right now. Um, so I guess I wanted to kind of see and hear your thoughts. Uh, I think our listeners kind of heard my thoughts in the first episode, but I want to hear your thoughts and how it's maybe affecting your business and how you see it affecting the DJ industry as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, I, I have yet to actually get the chance to, to listen to your first episode, but um, so I'm curious what you think. But what's what's interesting is I'm noticing that given current climate, I mean, we're we're in uncharted waters right now, and we really have zero idea as to what's going on. And, and we there's I don't think there's anyone who can go and guess what the future is with any amount of certainty. Um, I, I think there's a lot of people who they're fear mongering and they'll they'll go and cloak it as calling it being realist and it's really annoying to me mm-hmm. because there's really zero purpose to try to be a, a realist as they might call it or try to be fear-mongering right now because the only thing that you can control is you and what your business does and i'm noticing there's definitely a lot of people who are really taking that to heart and uh, in my business and in, in what i'm seeing in the marketplace is that you either fall into one of two categories and that is either A, you are too small and you have, you live paycheck to paycheck, gig to gig, and you're, you're hurting a lot right now. And I feel for you, um, but there's some people who had the foresight to go and make sure that their business was kind of situated in a way that they're going to be okay and they'll get through this. And no matter which party you're on, uh, I definitely think that if you can weather this, if you can push through this, you'll get through anything. Like businesses mm-hmm. right now, this is truly a test to see if you have the systems and the accounting and everything in place to make sure that you have a sustainable business no matter what. And I think that anyone listening to this right now, if you can weather this, if you can push through this, you can get through anything. Um, I know right now with my clients, I mean, like I said, there's uh, the small guys who are too small and they're living paycheck to paycheck and they're hurting bad right now. And um, I've lost quite a bit of business um, to the tune of five or six figures already from businesses that I previously worked with and had a great relationship with. But now they just they simply can't afford to continue having their doors open. Mm-hmm. However, um, what's very interesting to me is actually the other half. Actually, I wouldn't even say half. I'd say probably two thirds. Uh, of the bigger businesses who have the systems, who have the uh, the sales tactics, the marketing tactics, and and the accounting in place to make sure that they live, there's a lot of people who are doubling, if not tripling, down on their advertising because advertising right now has gotten very, very cheap. Because I mean, Facebook themselves put out that their ad sales are down, I think, thirty percent, 
which is huge. And so now they're lowering the cost per impression significantly. I'm seeing 30, 40, 50% discounts on advertising right now. And so if, if anyone can go and afford to advertise, now is absolutely the time. Well said. Yeah. And I know I wanted to, we were talking a little bit before the episode too, and I wanted to kind of segue using that point too, because I think like you mentioned, I think for everyone to a certain extent, we have to be cautious of where we're spending our money right now. Cause with the uncertainty of how long this is going to last, um, you know, we don't, we don't know. And like you said, um, those businesses that can save and put away and kind of, you know, for a situation similar to this too, there's only a certain extent and a certain time period that you could actually last for. Um, and granted, you know, they say whatever it is, six months and stuff like that, hopefully this will be out of here before then and, and we'll all be okay. Um, but in terms of, you know, being careful where you spend your money, um, I've seen and heard both sides of it. I've, I see a lot of people pulling their money from their advertising and closing their not accounts and, you know, stopping putting money in Google AdWords and stuff like that. And um, I also see the other side of people who are now more than ever starting to put money into those services and Facebook ads and Instagram ads. And I think taking advantage of social media especially is very important right now because everyone's stuck home on their couches scrolling through Facebook Um, and scrolling through Instagram. Yeah, someone's already throwing around the statistic that people are spending on average 30 to 60% additional time on their phones and computers right now than they ever have before. Wow. Yeah, I believe it. That's huge. I believe it. (laughs) And, and it's funny because uh, to your point, um, yes, there's a lot of people who are pulling back on advertisements and such. Uh, and there's, you mentioned the not and you mentioned Instagram and Facebook and a few others. There's a huge difference when you're talking advertising on a directory versus advertising on an auction-based advertising platform. So when mm-hmm. we talk about Facebook, Instagram, Google, whatever, you need to understand that when you advertise, you're essentially auctioning or they're auctioning off an ad slot. So let's kind of break this down because it's, it's kind of a hard concept for many people to understand. When you look at your Facebook feed, for example, and you see a sponsored post, you see an ad in front of you, what happened in front of your face is literally an auction in like the span of two seconds. Because you have all these different DJs, let's say, who are advertising for this slot that was advertised to them or they chose like saying, hey, I want to go and place this ad with people who were engaged in the last six months, right? And so there are, let's say, 60,000 people within our area who were engaged in the last six months. There is a set number, and we don't know what that number is, but let's say there's a set number of ad slots available for that day. And when you go and put in your daily or total budget for an ad campaign on Facebook, they go and divide that number across the total number of ad placements that you're requesting or that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And so when you have an ad place, let's say ABC DJs is advertising and they uh, were budgeting, let's say 20 bucks a day on ads, then as long as they had the highest bid, which is an arbitrary number that Facebook's algorithm is figuring out saying, okay, there's let's say 300 people who want this ad slot at this second, who has the best cost per click, who has the best ad quality. There's a bunch of other measures that make this way more complicated. I mean, I could go and talk about this for hours on end, but um, <laughs> let's just go and say that they have the high, ABC DJs has the highest cost per click, uh, or the highest bid, I should say, sorry. And they're willing to go and spend up to $3 for that click. Then they get that ad space and they get that placement. So 
what's happening right now is because there's so many different businesses who are backing out of advertising and they're not spending any money, that bid amount has to be, it doesn't have to be as large. So previously, if you wanted that ad slot, it was $3 for that click, hypothetically speaking. Now it could be a dollar, it could be $2, it could be 50 cents, who knows? Right. Um, so because by nature, there's so many people who are not advertising, you now have a much higher likelihood of getting results. Until they hear this podcast and everyone starts advertising again. <laughs> hey, if, if anyone wants help with that, I'm more than willing to help you with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So speaking of that, um, kind of where you come into play, and I know about your company, but um, some of the listeners might not. So what is Elix Marketing? What do you do? What's your role? Yeah, so Elix Marketing was actually, ironically, a project that I kind of just fell into in college. So I went to Columbia College, Chicago. And I originally went for audio arts and acoustics. So I was going to be the guy who could walk into a venue, snap my fingers and say, okay, I need a speaker here, 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 and here. I need a microphone 13 degrees off the crash symbol, yada, yada, yada. Once I started uh, getting really into it about the year and a half, two years into my program, I realized, oh shit, I am terrible at uh, trigonometry. So I backed out of that and I switched over to marketing. And I fell in love with it because this whole idea of helping others sell it, it was a fantastic idea to me because a, a lot of us, I mean, DJs, we were a shit ton of hats. I mean, we're, we're salesmen, we're gear people, we're soundmen, we're lighting designers, we uh, are our customer service reps. I mean, there's a, a litany of, of services that we have to go and do for our business. Right uh, now, sorry to cut you off. You say you're saying we, are you a DJ as well? I was. So I okay. DJed for 10 years. I sold my business, business in 2012. Uh, and then I did freelancing through, I think, 2015 or so. And so I haven't DJed an event recently if someone mm -hmm. really wants to go and do it. But I did post a video to uh, Instagram and Facebook where I can still scratch. So if anyone wants <laughs> to come go. at me, come at me. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that. Um, but anywho, so yeah, I mean, uh, when I jumped into marketing, I fell in love with it and I was I was basically kind of randomly helping DJs around me because I was still, I, I paid for my college. My parents, they never gave me a cent. I mean, basically I DJed from eighth grade on. And so I paid for all my clothes, all my food, all my dates, um, whether they failed or were successful. I mean, everything was out of my pocket. Um, and so through college, I was still DJing to go and help pay that, that tuition bill. And when I went into marketing, I had a lot of DJs around me in, in our network. I mean, Chicago DJ community is extremely tight. And so people realized I knew what I was talking about. And so I was helping more and more DJs build out websites, do advertising campaigns, et cetera. And I was helping them and I got pretty damn good at it. Mm -hmm. um, and so as more and more people kind of heard what I was doing, I started helping more and more small businesses with their business and trying to go and advertise and market themselves. And I kind of fell into this small business marketing firm gig that I just kind of created out of nowhere. And at the time, uh, one of the guys that I actually used for a web design and such that I, I mean, I had a team members, all my team members are all based in the United States. So they're all people that I know personally, either went to college with or met through the DJ community. And um, one of the guys that I worked with, that was one of my 1099s, his day job was at GoDaddy. And mm -hmm. so when I talked to him and I was like, I need to go and make a full agency out of this. I need to go and brand this. He's like, well, you definitely want to get a shorter domain because I hate people who have mile long domains. I've seen there's ton, tons of people out there who have ABC XYZ DJ entertainment, Philadelphia.com or something crazy like right. that. So I was like, no, I don't want that. Um, and so he was able to go and pull a master list of every three, four, five, six character domain left in the world. 
and Elix was one of them. E L I I X uh, was one of the last domains left that was short. Wow. And so it means absolutely nothing, which I think is hilarious. Um, <laughs> but I was like, it sounds kind of cool. Let me go and make this into my, my, my company name. And then I shot myself in the foot because then literally, I think it was like four months later, Absolute Vodka came out with Elix Vodka, E-L-Y-X. And I like that so much more. And I really kicked myself <laughs> for it. That's funny. So Interesting story. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the whole origin of the company. Um, but essentially, I mean, we just kind of stumbled into this. I mean, I was originally through college, uh, I was given a job offer at Leo Burnett. And if you're not familiar, Leo Burnett is one of the largest marketing firms in the world. Uh, okay. Their clients are McDonald's, Coca-Cola, stuff like that. And uh, I was going to be given an account manager position where I can go and stay, or someone would go and tell me, go sell more fries, go sell more Coke. And I didn't want to go and do that. I liked helping small businesses. It was a little bit more hands-on. It was more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the money wasn't as good, but it was still more rewarding because I can go and help someone keep food on their table or um, help them keep a roof over their family's head. I mean, I'm not going and helping some rich asshole from the middle of nowhere go and get another. Right, right. Uh, and I think uh, it's probably harder to see that the results too with, with a, say a Nike or a Coke or Pepsi because people are already buying their products because it's Nike or Coke or Pepsi. Um, yep. Whereas I think with a small business that really has no client base, you when you start bringing in those clients, it's probably very easy and rewarding to, to see those results. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I've helped DJs specifically where they've gone and completely replaced their their full time job. They've replaced their wives' income, and now they're all rely. I mean, it, it's weird to say all reliant on DJing, and now in hindsight, I mean, maybe they might be kicking themselves not having a side <laughs> hustle, but especially given current times. But I mean, I've been able right. to go and and help families be closer because they've had to spend less time working and more time at home with their family, and I I, I find That's that awesome. way more rewarding than helping some guy go and get a second yacht. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, but uh, I mean, yeah. So the the firm itself, Elix. I mean, it, it's been going. We've been doing uh, web design, graphic design, social media management, advertising, marketing for a whole bunch of different industries. Um, I've worked with attorneys. I've worked with um, DJs, of course. I've worked with contractors. A whole bunch of different people. And so now, actually, ironically, um, right as coronavirus kind of blew up, we launched a new brand, 10x Weddings. And if you go to 10xweddings.com. Essentially, we're a turnkey service where we can go and do anything for someone. I mean, we could do web design, graphic design, social media management, everything that Elix does, but specifically for the wedding industry. And so mm-hmm. um, we now have uh, turnkey marketing solutions for venues, for DJs, for photographers, videographers, etc. And uh, right as coronavirus was kind of spinning up, I mean, we had a ton of interest for that. And I really feel for it because uh, we actually had a list of quite a few clients who were going to be jumping on and they just had to go and hit pause and everything. But um, mm-hmm. we are one of the first companies to offer these turnkey marketing solutions where we essentially take over someone's entire brand. We redo their website. We do all their advertising. We actually have uh, software that can go and nurture leads long term as well mm-hmm. and uh, basically automate all the the calls, the texts, the emails, everything that you need where, I mean, we've done it to the point where the only time that let's go and say we work with you, Brandon, we did your company. The only uh, time that you have to actually get involved with a lead is if they ask for a contract. So hmm. that's really, really sweet. That's awesome. But yeah. When it comes down to it, I mean, uh, I really got into this because my love of web design, like web design is really, really fun. Um, I don't know why, but it's kind of it's kind of like you're creating something in Photoshop, but then it's functional. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So you um, 
when we were kind of discussing, you know, the topic and stuff too, I know you wanted to really talk about how to make money with just your website, which really caught my attention. And I think will catch a lot of listeners attention. That's probably why they clicked on this podcast. Um, and that's, I think that's a very good title for it too. So where does that come into play? I know you mentioned you really like web design and stuff too. Um, you want to talk a little bit more about, I guess, how to make money with just your website? Yeah. So, I mean, we've kind of touched on a few points inadvertently earlier on that kind of cover a lot of points of this. So what I've noticed with DJs is that a lot of people think that they need to have a website. They don't want to have a website. And the reason for that is because people just kind of envision their website as being a a virtual business card. And Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that you need to have a website today. I mean, if you don't have a website, you don't exist, especially in today's climate, because if you don't have a website, no one knows that you exist because they're not allowed to come find you. So. Uh, really when it comes down to it, when you have a website, there's a few key factors that are absolutely necessary to make sure that you're gonna convert people into leads. First and foremost, you have to make sure you're fast. There's a lot of people I've checked where their website is abysmally slow. And one really quick, easy way to go and check that is if you go to gtmetrics.com, letter G, letter T, M-E-T-R-I-X.com, you can put in the domain uh, for your website, abcdjs.com, whatever. And it'll give you two different scores. It'll give you a Y slow score and it'll give you a Google page speed score. And the page speed score measures the front end of the website and the Y slow score measures the back end of the website, excuse me. And uh, what they're measuring is the, the speed of the website. Page speed is checking, are your images sized correctly? Are they compressed? Um, are your style sheets loading properly? Are they minified? Are they compressed? Stuff like that, um, which, really quickly uh, a lot of people ask me like what does it mean to minify a style sheet or minify um, javascript scripts or what does it mean to defer the loading of javascript because a lot of people have that issue pop up on their websites if you minify something you need to understand the computers they read left to right they don't care about formatting spacing tabs enter stuff like that when you code you want to go and do that so it's easier for the coder to go and read but when you launch it on the web Every time you hit space, every time you hit enter, every time you go and format something, you're adding unnecessary size and time to go and load that website. Hmm. And so minification is the art of basically removing all the formatting and making it one line of code that's insanely long. And the computer doesn't care because it's easier to load that way. Mm-hmm. So you can go and do that. Uh, if you have WordPress, it's fairly easy to go and do that. Most other platforms don't allow it, but I know that a lot of you guys, if you're already listening to this podcast, you're probably already on gtmetrics.com and testing your website. So you might (laughs) see that. Uh, And then if you defer, if you get something where it says defer parsing of JavaScript, what that means is if you had a Thanksgiving turkey dinner in front of you right now, are you gonna go and take that entire plate and slide it into your throat at once? Or are you gonna go and cut it into bite-sized chunks and bite it up? You're gonna go and cut it up. So when you defer parsing of JavaScript, basically that's telling the the user's computer saying, hey, don't go and load this all at once, load this and then this and then this and then this. And again, if you have WordPress, then it's pretty easy to go and do. Um, If you have Squarespace, Wix, Weebly, anything like that, it's very difficult to go and do. Typically they don't allow you to go and do that. Um, But it is something that if you do stuff like this, Google will see you in, in, in their favor. And the, the one thing to always consider is when you're trying to go and, and convert people or get business online is that if you're making Google happy, Google will make you happy. Google's in the business of keeping people using Google, right? 
And so if you have a website that loads quickly and is a good result for someone, let's go and say someone searches wedding DJ near me and everyone clicks on your website, they stay on there and they convert, then Google knows that you're the best choice. If Google gave slow websites or bad results, then people wouldn't really be using Google. So with that thought in mind, if you can make sure that every page on your website answers the question that you want someone to search to find it, and it's very clear, it's very fast, it's very effective, then you'll make business no time in no time flat. Mm -hmm. The other thing to really be aware of is outside of speed and uh, all that code stuff, you really need to make sure that the website has a very clear, concise path. So a lot of people, they just rely on the main navigation at the top of the website. So they'll go and say, hey, <clears throat> we're gonna go and just tell the client if they wanna go home, they click home at the top, if they wanna go to about, they click about at the top, if they wanna check out the weddings, they go to the weddings at the top, whatever. People really underestimate having buttons on the page in the content and moving them however, where you wanna go. You have to think that when you're a DJ especially, I'm assuming most people who listen to this are a DJ, uh, you're gonna have a situation that people really want one of two things. Either one, they wanna see what your services have to offer to them in terms of a wedding, for example, or they just want price. I've looked at hundreds of Google Analytics accounts for DJs across the board. And I could tell you the number one and number two things that people go for are whatever page they think has pricing on it or whichever page has the package information on it. That's all they care about. <clears throat> they don't care about your bio. They don't care about um, your photo booth options typically unless you're advertising for it. They simply want your price. And so I use that to my advantage when we go and develop websites, when we design websites, and uh, you can actually check out a few examples, uh, dmrweddingentertainment.com or showoffproductions.com or hanson-productions.com. We typically go <clears throat> and guide people to what they want in the best, in the quickest, most effective way possible, but we bait them. So uh, I love going and using tripwires by saying, okay, if you want to get pricing, then you have to go and let us know what your name, phone number, and email address is. Because then if I can go and collect that, now I can go and retarget them, I can go and message them directly via email, I could text them, I could do a whole bunch of shit and make sure that they convert as a customer. Whereas if I were to just go and give pricing, then I have zero leverage unless I pixel that website and then retarget them on Facebook, right? So I wanted to always make sure that everything that I go and do is calculated and ensures that if I have traffic on my website, I'm going to funnel them. A lot of people uh, hear about click funnels or something like that, or sales funnels. But I wanna make sure my website funnels them to what they want, but I wanna make sure I collect information on them. And, uh, and that, that kind of segues really quickly to uh, another thing, another pet peeve of mine is that a lot of DJs try to collect everything upfront. They wanna know the name their email, their phone number, their venue, their wedding time, their wedding date, the, the groom's name, the groom's <laughs> information. Right. They want to know what day they were engaged. They want to know what their favorite food is. They want to know what the mother of the bride's name is. I don't care about all that. You haven't made a sale yet. Don't worry about that. Just get their name, phone number, and email address, and the rest you can collect later. Hey, guys. Sorry to interrupt the podcast real quick. Just wanted to make sure you guys are following us on Instagram at re underscore and underscore friends so you could stay up to date with all our newest episodes as well as watch our Instagram stories to see who's coming up next. Definitely. Now, speaking, uh, you just mentioned email addresses in a totally unrelated way to one of the questions I had. But um, in terms of the importance of having a domain and a website, like you said, um, I think there's really no excuse to have a, a .weebly or a .wix website um, you know, in this day and age. I think it's very easy to get your own domain and have your own domain. And like you said, 
have a very short, easy to get to domain, something that's easy for you to tell somebody over the phone or have on a business card, easy for people to navigate and find. And the question I want to ask for you is, what's the importance in your mind of having a domain email address or an email address that's at your domain name? Um, Because that's something I've always had. Like when I first started my company and had a website, the first thing I purchased was a domain name email. I think it just adds like credibility to you. But I still see plenty of companies that, you know, if my company is Redmax Events, I see people that are redmaxevents at gmail.com or at yahoo.com. And to me, that's that doesn't look as professional as a domain name. 100%. Um, I can tell you right off the bat, if you have an AOL email address, I'm going to judge the ever-living crap out of you. Well, thank you for saying it because I was trying to avoid saying that. <laughs> so I appreciate <laughs> no, that we agree it. on that. So, yeah, because I'm the same way. And, and I think, you know, we do a lot of uh, like cold calling and reaching out to other vendors and stuff in our area and other production companies to collaborate for them to rent stuff from us and whatever it is. And I mean, I send out emails to everyone, but in terms of incoming leads, when I get an incoming lead from something that's, you know, blah, 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 event planners at gmail.com, um, I just, it goes towards the back for me. But if I see someone with a, a real domain name and a real domain and everything like that, that I open that email right away and I'm more likely to look at it. And I don't know if, if a bride and groom feel the same way um, or if that's just the professional like business side of us, you know, looking at it that way. Well, okay. So especially given today's climate with coronavirus and such, um, this is actually more important than ever. Uh, I also do coaching consulting for an elite group of DJs. And we actually had about a month, two months ago, we had a guest, we had uh, Miss Nebraska USA. Actually, she came to Austin for a dress fitting and I'm actually good friends with her. And so I had said, hey, can you come on our coaching call? Can you help us a little bit? And she's like, sure, let's talk about anything and everything. Mm-hmm. And one of the key points that she brought up, which I absolutely loved, was she was talking about what it's like to sell to a woman who's in their marriage age right now because she's i believe uh she's 28 29 uh and her sister actually is supposed to be getting married next month i don't know if that's going to still happen but that's besides the point (laughs) and we were talking about what it's like to sell to these women and you need to understand that millennials these days are incredibly cynical people they could smell a sale a mile away i mean i know brandon you and i are roughly the same age and and we're the same way if we were to go and walk into a car dealership we could smell their 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 desperation we could smell that they're going to want to prey on us and sell us a car like and we don't i'll speak for myself but i i don't like being sold to you know exactly our generation doesn't like exactly my point yeah our generation hates being sold to and so what we really have to rely on and actually to that point also is we don't like being sold to we also don't like being educated unless we want to be educated Mm. right interesting yep and so there's a lot of DJs who make the, the grave mistake where if a bride contacts them and says, oh, we are looking to go and spend $800, then they insist that they must go and educate them why they should spend more than $800, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen it so many times on the different forums and such. And it annoys me because, listen, I don't care. I, I know that they're right. I know they're trying to get paid with their worth. And I know that um, there's a lot of guys who really want to try to close a sale. But I could promise you. As soon as you try to go and educate a millennial who doesn't want to hear it, they are not going to pay you. You are not (laughs) going to close that deal. Stop wasting your breath. The way around that, typically, in my opinion, is to go and advertise with content strategies and to make sure that all your platforms kind of align with your messaging. Mm -hmm. I can tell, I I could sense what the price of a DJ is going to be by looking at their social media. 
your Instagram, treat your Instagram like a portfolio. And so if you can go and post really solid content, don't put a single cell phone photo on your Instagram. Always make sure that you're networking with photographers, you're putting photographer videos and, and photos up there. Uh, and you will automatically get more respect when you say your price is $14.99 or $24.95 or whatever it may be. Um, as soon as you have content that directly reflects, and even your website, if your website and your content directly reflect what your price is, then you shouldn't have a problem closing. If you have a lot of people who are still asking how much you charge and, and you say it's, let's say it's $2,000 and they wanted to go and spend $750, then there's something wrong with your marketing. Because when, a really good example, we just talked about cars. If you walk into a Mercedes dealership, it's a completely different vibe than if you were to walk into a Honda dealership. Mm -hmm. Completely different. And so it's really, really important that you give off that Mercedes vibe if you want to get paid Mercedes price. 100%. And if, if you're offering a Mercedes, if you're not offering a Mercedes and you're offering a Toyota, don't make it look like you. <laughs> oh, yeah, because then you're going to have a, you're going to have the constant issue where clients are going to come back to you and they're going to be like, uh, they weren't happy with the service. They might go and leave you a bad review. They might come back right. and say that they want some of their money back. I mean, it's just it's a not not a good situation to be in. Right, that's for, for sure. sure. If you get that far, too, and, and they don't sense that beforehand. And I think um, off the Instagram thing real quick, it's interesting because we my first episode was with DJ Barr and we were talking about social media and personal branding and everything. And I was saying how with my company's Instagram, I do focus very heavily on um, making it like a digital storefront, very high quality, good posts and stuff. And um, we focus more on the production stuff and that's what I'm trying to focus more and more on. So, I mean, you scroll through my Instagram, I haven't posted a picture of a DJ setup with two speakers on tripods in maybe you know a year and a half. Um, and because of that, I'm getting less and less of those calls, kind of like you said, whereas, you know, beforehand, when I would post pictures of DJ setups with two tripods and whatever, that's what I would get more calls for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, when when it comes to your persona online, I mean, what's really interesting is I, I also want to bring it back to when I was talking to Megan, uh, Miss Nebraska USA, she was saying that a bride these days and now especially with the current virus it's more important now than ever to make sure that you convey a message of comfort mm -hmm. brides and women in general they always seek comfort they want confidence in knowing that you have their event handled they've been dreaming they've been thinking they've been planning their wedding since they might have been six who knows and so if you're the one to come and screw it all up, that's a significant problem. <laughs> yep. And so it, when it comes to advertising and selling to these women, or, or men for that matter, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. I think men ultimately, if you could sell to a woman, you could sell to a man. <laughs> uh, when it comes down to advertising your and putting your website together, putting your Instagram together, putting all your social media together, if you can convey that sense of confidence that you've got it handled, then you will be okay. But understand that especially given now's the time where, I mean, everyone's stuck at home, there's a lot of women and a lot of people who are planning their wedding and they're trying to find solace in actually planning their event because it's the only positive thing that they can think of right now. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have any sort of solid digital outreach or let alone any sort of solid, uh, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If you don't have a really good looking brand online, then they're not going to trust you because right now there's a lot of brides who are even 
this very weekend who originally had a wedding booked and planned and it got postponed till the fall. Mm -hmm. So now you have to, you have the situation where people are trying to go and make sure that they're hiring the right vendor who can make sure that they're handled. There's a lot of DJs right now who are whining and crying all over Facebook that they're getting all these cancellations and they can't handle it. Right. And I'm just like, first off, you need to hire a PR professional because you need help. But secondly, this is exactly why you put yourself in this place in the first place. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of guys who price themselves too low. They didn't brand themselves in the, in the right manner. They spent right. their money too quickly. I mean, there's yep. a whole bunch of problems. I mean, we can go and have three more episodes of this podcast talking about what <laughs> a lot of people are doing wrong. But right. in general, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities now that if you're stuck at home and you have no gigs, at least till May or June right now, make sure that you have a really solid presence. Make sure that your website's fast. Make sure that it has conversions. Make sure you have call to actions. Make sure that you have automated follow-up systems to make sure that every single lead that comes in is followed up with in a, in a really quick manner. I mean, that's another thing is we talk about this confidence and this sense of control and comfort that you can actually exude to the bride. They're thinking that everyone's stuck at home. D everyone knows that DJs are stuck at home and streaming their terrible mixes on Facebook. It's a meme now. People are making jokes about all the DJs streaming online. And, is, and you can yep. go on TikTok and every seven uh, different posts on TikTok re reference this. Yep. But what's funny is that there's these DJs who they're at home, they're streaming, and they can get a lead in right now, but they're so caught up in their feelings that they don't <laughs> respond to this bride fast enough. And so if the bride doesn't get a response within an hour, let alone, I think personally, everyone should get a response within at max 10 to 15 minutes. And if they're not getting that response, then why the hell should they trust you with their wedding? Mm-hmm. 100%. And, and, you know, you mentioned the whole DJs going live and spending a lot of time and stuff on that. But in addition to not only replying to leads as they come in at this this moment, but go back on, on leads that, you know, may have fallen through or were pending and anything you have right now, reach out to all those prospective clients, try and get new ones and stuff because you could take advantage of that now and try and collect deposits on those events, offer them a discount if they pay in full versus if they pay a deposit right now, whatever it is, because they'll bring in money into your business to help with that cash flow, help you get through these times. Um, and then, you know, you're just collecting the balances later on and that's gonna help you, you know, get through this big time. I was on uh, the Disc Jockey News Virtual Expo, whatever, uh, mm -hmm. last week. And one of the things that I always suggest every single DJ to go and do is, especially right now, is offer monthly payment plans. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are screwing up and they say that they offer monthly payment plans, but they don't pre-frame it. The actual beauty to selling right now, and especially selling payment plans, is making sure that you pre-frame it in a way that sounds compelling to them. A lot of millennials, I mean, Brandon, you and I, I mean, we both have subscriptions to Netflix. We're paying for Zoom. We're paying for YouTube. We're paying for uh, all these different subscription boxes. Hell, there's people who go and subscribe to snack boxes and, and food kits right. and all these other different right. things. There's Spotify. There's the shaving ones where they send you blades and stuff like that. Yep, exactly. But now think about it. I mean, even your car payment, maybe the car payment, we'll go back to that for a good example. Would you rather go and pay dollars $80,000 for your car up front, or would you rather pay monthly for it? You're gonna oh, wanna pay monthly right. for it. And so typically when I'm going and working with DJs and trying to go and convince them to go and move forth with uh, just trying to go and sell more brides right now, I says, listen, what you need to go and do is tell them that you understand that a wedding is a very big deal and there's a lot of vendors 
the venues, the photographers, the caterers, et cetera, they're requiring 30, 40, 50% down payments. That's a lot of money out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So if you can now go and just say, hey, we're going to go and break up your actual total balance into equal monthly installments between now and your wedding. That means that especially given the current climate, you're not out of money, out of a, a lot of money, I should say. And that at least you're going to be able to go and have the wedding that you want and you're not getting robbed in down payments right now when we don't even know exactly if your date's going to stick. So right. if you can go and offer monthly payments and then go and say, hey, we're going to go and plan for this date. However, if you need to go and reschedule for an additional 180 days or 365 days out, we can go and honor that as long as you make at least six payments or whatever. I mean, you can go and get creative with your contract, but there's a lot of different options there. And if you pre-frame it in a way that sounds like you're genuinely trying to help them, you're gonna close them every single time. Mm-hmm. For sure. And one other thing I had here um, was the topic I know we've discussed before, and I know people discuss a lot in the different groups. And what's your opinion on having your pricing on the website? Does that help you close? Does that help narrow the leads that you get to more quality ones that might be likely to book you? What's your opinion on that? So I always like going and doing it this way. First and foremost, like I said before, when you're trying to go and make business online or trying to make sales on your website, I should say, if you're funneling people correctly through your website, if you have a website that's built well and properly funnels people through the sales process, what you're gonna go and do is say, if someone wants to get pricing, that they have to supply a name, email, and phone number to get it. Now, you can go and do a combination of, you can do just email or just phone number, but whatever, but you wanna make sure you collect something because you obviously know that they're interested in your services. Mm-hmm. From there, I always give, it depends if you wanna do custom pricing or package pricing, or I'll just, I should say a la carte or package pricing. Mm-hmm. I always go and put pricing starting at number. Mm-hmm. The reason being is one, I don't want to go in and leave money on the table. If someone was planning on spending $4,000 and I come in at, at $3,200, right. I just lost $800. Right. So if someone wants to go and, and pay extra to get Dancing on the Cloud or they want to go and, and get sparklers or whatever that may be, um, I always want to go and say, my prices start at X and then they work up from there. Because then once you have that conversa- conversation started, you're still supplying them with the number. And you should do that instantly because we live in a day and age where you can go and buy a Tesla online in seconds. Then why the hell can't I get a quote for a DJ? Like it should be very easy to go and do that. Mm -hmm. So if you can't give an exact quote, then I highly suggest that, again, you have that that call to action that leads to a form. They supply their name and email, maybe phone number, and then you instantly give them at least a starting at price so they know where they fall or where you fall in their budget. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's helped us to kind of weed out. Cause like I said, I don't try and book a lot personally of those smaller DJ things. We don't really do communions. We don't do any of that. So I think by having that starting at price too, if someone comes to my website and they're just because they were referred or whatever the case is, and they're looking for a $300 block party DJ, I think by the time they look around my website a little bit, they're going to just click off of it and realize that we're not the company for them, you know, which kind of cuts down on the amount of leads that I get that are just going to be you know, almost like a waste of my time to, to respond and go back and forth with. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred and ten percent. Well, Mike, listen, I really appreciate your time. I think we got through a lot. I know we could both talk for hours and hours on end about this. Um, especially with the whole current situation and what you should and shouldn't do and everything like that. But I really appreciate your time. I think we got a lot of solid content about, you know, websites and everything like that. So for all the listeners, um, you know, if you didn't take anything else away from this and you don't already have an email that's at your domain, I think that's the one key takeaway, right? 
<laughs> well, I would say, yeah, I mean, make sure your website's fast. Make sure you go to gtmetrics.com, uh, test your speed. If you need help fixing that, let me know. Reach out to me, uh, Mike Petritis on Facebook. Feel free to message me, uh, P-E-T-R-I-T-I-S. Uh, if you, I mean, yes, you definitely need to go and make sure you have a do uh, domain-based email so it actually looks professional. And then make sure that your website actually has a good flow to it. Make sure that you're having calls to actions and you're collecting information from every single lead. And then, of course, I mean, we can go and have a whole other call on, on how to go and integrate advertising into your website and do retargeting. I mean, make sure you have a pixel on your website so that you can go and retarget them on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. But I, that, that's for another time. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And I'll have links to all of his contact information, 10x weddings and Elix marketing down below. So you guys can click on those, check out his stuff. As always, thank you guys for watching. If you enjoyed, share it with your friends, share it with your family, and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the RE and Friends podcast. We truly hope that we were able to bring value. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends. It would mean the world to us. Also, make sure to stay tuned for the next Red Max Events audio experience.